Hey, everybody. On today's episode of Where Do We Start, Todd and I talk a little bit about my recent trip to Los Angeles, which I will cover at greater length in um, an upcoming episode. But uh, pretty quickly, we sort of go down a rabbit hole discussing homelessness, excuse me, because of uh, the number of homeless people that I saw in Los Angeles and uh, in urban areas in general, and how it's um, really this... uh, epidemic in our country, and it's a very difficult problem to solve. So um, thank you guys so much, uh, as always, for listening, and uh, please enjoy this episode of Where Do We Start? Where do we, where, 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 where do we start? Where do, where, 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 where do, where, where do we start? I don't know what it is about your mic, because your the mic that I have for you is a... Um, it's actually a kick drum mic. Really? It's a drum mic. I, I just have this great bass to my voice. It's like I, I guess that's it. It's that's a, a that is a perfect mic for you. It's uh it's a beta fifty eight, a sure beta fifty eight. Beta fifty sevens are like the classic kick mic. This beta fifty eight has a smaller capsule. And dude, it's perfect for you. Yeah, the timbre of your voice. I, I'm always jealous of it when I'm editing these. Oh, I'm really? like, oh man, he sounds so That's damn good. <laughs> and I and I'm like listening to my voice. I'm like, let's talk about the real estate. <laughs> You're like, James Earl Jones comes in. Let's, my my son. Um, I'm back, man. I, we got a lot to catch up on, dude. L.A. is awesome. Yeah, it's also really. It's not my first time in L.A., but I haven't been there in a while. And um, it's just California's beautiful. Yeah. It feels like the weather today, only like a little warmer, but just a little. A little just, warmer and a little drier. Yes. A little just... Yes. Just oh, something. Yeah. <laughs> even with the smog, even yeah. you can see a, a definitive line uh, above Sm- the horizon yeah. of where like the smog. You could tell if I, if you were to zoom out. And see the earth, the curvature of the earth, you could see like the little layer of smog above LA. It's intense. I but. remember that when I was younger and we went out to visit my, my aunt who lives out in uh, California. Still? Yeah, she still lives out there. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and we had to go to LA for the airport. And so we're, we're driving in. As, and I was a teenager at the time. And back then, there were the rules weren't the same with emissions and. Yeah, right. So it's even worse. So you literally, I'm like looking, and I'm like, ooh, that's a little frightening. Yeah, <laughs> even, even to this day, that sticks in my brain yes. from a child. I wow, you breathing that in, early, man. you know, early teens. I was at that time, so pretty uh, intense memories yeah. to drive up on that horizon and see that, dude. Yeah, um, the homeless problem is intense. Mm-hmm. I've heard about that, and it's like any city you go to, you know. But I've always th- this. It's going to sound incredibly privileged and naive and ignorant, but I've always thought if if shit hit the fan, really hit the fan, Kelsey left me. I wasn't allowed to see my kids anymore. You fired me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I lost my job, lost all my money, got addicted to opiates. I'm homeless. I'd like to think that I'm pragmatic enough that I would hitchhike my ass to California to be homeless instead of Boston. Because, (laughs) dude, when you're in Boston in February, there's still homeless people. Uh, Portland, Portland, Maine is one that always struck me funny. Yeah. I love Portland. I go up there and I enjoy, you know, the the whole 
vibe of that city. It's a really cool city, but the amount of homeless people there just strikes me as odd. Yeah, why Portland? I don't know. Yeah, I've always right. wondered. I'm like, it's a weird place, like you said. I mean, if I'm in Portland, Maine, homeless, I'm hitchhiking down south. So yeah, I'm dude, find I'm finding place. a ride there. I'm getting there. <laughs> I'd find a way. I'd be walking. Yeah. I don't know. I'd be homeless on the way down to somewhere warmer. I don't yes, know. dude, absolutely. But, I, I, but obviously, there's a lot of mental illnesses associated with homelessness, too, right? And yes. it's unfortunate that... You know, the, everyone's got a different story. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, you don't know why, but it's you know you're right. You, obviously, if you had the you know cognitive awareness to be able to do something and figure it out, you wouldn't be homeless to begin with. Right, right. right. So it's the brand of homelessness of homeless people in LA is different than I've experienced before in Boston and New York. So Boston and New York, Nashville, the LA is the soliciting type that you know, or the uh, homeless are the soliciting type. You know. They're homeless because they're coming up asking you for money or they're sitting there with a sign or they're walking somewhere with a grocery cart, kind of like mumbling to themselves. Maybe it's a vet, you know, whatever. Um, That's kind of the brand I'm used to. Mm -hmm. This was people not panhandling or soliciting, just living on the street and not in an alley. Like... There's, you know, John Belushi's star on the Walk of Fame underneath a human sleeping on a cardboard box. Yeah. Um, and it was so pervasive that that morning, we it, it, it took no time at all to normalize to stepping over humans every hundred yards or so. Mm-hmm. You just step over a person. Yeah. And... It's crazy. You kind of get blind to it. Um, and they have, you know, they're in their sleeping bags, so they might have a pop-up tent right in the sidewalk or whatever. It's kind of like walking into your home after, you know, that you get this, you know, piece of siding that's like falling off or something on the side of your house. And, you, and <laughs> yeah. you've walked by it a million times and yes. you no longer see it anymore. But yeah. the new person walking into it would see it. Right? Yeah, exactly. I, I Another vivid memory, when you, when you say that, remind me, when I was younger, we went to New York City back way back before New York is now it's kind of a fun place and a nice place to go. It wasn't yeah. always like that. Sure. And I remember starting at the Statue of Liberty, you know, going to Statue and walking up Staten Island and going through walking down the blocks and each block you could step across the street and it would be a different whole different uh, community essentially, right? Yeah. Uh, Chinatown and then the, sure, the sure, Bowery sure. Yeah, these and neighborhoods. Then, yeah. And it was just these different completely different um, communities altogether when you walked and the Bowery was a, a particular segment of the city that was just homeless mm. and very frightening for a kid. I was sure. a teenager again, walking through the city, sure. walking through this going, oh my God, these people are just down and out and homeless and yeah. scary almost. It's like the beginning of the the thought of, uh-oh, that, I guess, maybe that could be me. You yeah. mean there's people that don't have homes? Yeah. How do I make sure I have a home? Yeah, and you don't think of that when you're a teenager t- no, necessarily because you're right, mom right. and dad's home, most people. Yeah, Of course, exactly. some children right. do experience that, but... Yeah, totally, um, totally. Not us privileged kids. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so, I know, man. It's um, I went to see my mom for Mother's Day this, and my parents, right, for Mother's Day, and, and you know, it, it was a, a reminder of that for me, right? I actually felt, mm-hmm. even though my parents are very modest and, and humble and, and live in a very small, little, quaint little house that's, yeah. you know, in this community. And um, I don't know, I just, to know that I had these parents that were there for me always and still are to this day, yeah. I'm very lucky, man. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. Totally. So I am fortunate. I'm That's one of a great feeling people. to have. These too. aren't wealthy parents. <laughs> right. These are very, right. very modest, you know. Right. But, 
Um, it's, but I, just knowing they're there for you. you know? I, totally, man. I, and I was just about to say that like, I, I feel like I'm typically jaded. I, I, it's hard for me to uh, be grateful for things that I should be grateful for that, you know, I take adv- I take for granted. Yeah. But homelessness is one of those things that oddly I've always been really grateful for. I've always felt like I'm one, you know, one breath away from being that guy. And, um, well, you've been self-employed and had to struggle. I have, I have. Yeah, definitely. That's a part of it for sure. Part of the Um, drive for me is knowing that if you don't get up every day and work, there's a chance you could be that person. Yeah. And the more people you pull into your orbit or the more people that go down with you. Yes. But I'm grateful, uh, often when I go to bed and you know, our house, like it's a modest house. It's, it's a small little ranch, but I'm so, even we've been in there eight years, I'm still so deeply grateful for our roof. I really am just so grateful for it almost all the time. There's one guy, so we're stepping over bodies, right? And there's one guy, it was a couple and they were laying on the sidewalk like everyone else. She was awake and sitting Indian style, um, I think braiding her hair maybe or something. And the man was asleep beside her and he was laying on his side, conked out, beautiful day, beautiful sunshine, uh, you know, bacon down on him, no blanket or anything, no, no cardboard box underneath him, just like straight on the sidewalk, laying on his side, kind of in the fetal position. And he was um, uh, probably um, late thirties, early forties and um full on sucking his thumb. And that really whacked me in the gut because it made me think of Sam. And that guy was somebody Sam. He might still be somebody Sam. And it made me think about Sam being 39, 40 in some town, asleep on the sidewalk, sucking his thumb like he does now, reverting back to that childlike like the guy just needs to get taken care of yeah you know just really stuck still has stuck with me man you know it it was powerful enough that it cut through sort of the white noise of a million homeless people i stepped over that day that one struck that one hit me man yeah that one really hit me and and the problem is like you're moved motivated to like you know throw a 20 dollar bill down or sit down or whatever but then all this thought comes in you don't know that he needs a 20 dollar bill or a conversation or a meal or any, you don't actually know in that moment today, what does this guy need? And in fact, assuming that you do know what he needs, I feel like is more hurtful than asking him maybe. Um, but my little, <coughs> like me struggling with, hmm, what could I do for this guy? Made me feel like, think about it on a citywide level or a national level. How do you solve that problem? If I can't even figure out, hmm, how do I help this guy right now today just for a moment? And there are I don't lot, even know. There are uh, a lot of people out there that do that, right? Volunteer time and homeless shelters and and, yeah. and food banks. And I mean, there are all these people that are, you know, just wonderful humans that are out there doing it, but then they got to cut through the bureaucracy to get those funds and stuff, right? Because you got politicians that are di- dictating who's going to get the money and for what, right? Yes. And then they figure some politicians are, the mindset is tough. Yeah. Figure out your life, right? Yeah, and yeah. they're not willing to give any help to these, you know, unfortunate people. And and you know what? To some degrees, it is, there, there are, you know, choices in life that people make, right? Yeah. 
Um, but at the same time, <clears throat> you know, I've always been in the mindset of uh, a hand up, not a hand out. Yeah, sure. So to try to pe- give people at least a hand up a little bit right, it wouldn't right, be right. a bad thing. Right. Not or, a hand out. Or even like you're saying, something... Um, Make it like baseline necessities to be alive. Yeah. Uh, food and shelter. Like, forget yeah. about the giving them, let's not even go to the career side yet mm-hmm. or anything. It's just like, like you said, people volunteering their time to, you know, <clears throat> work at a soup kitchen or something. It struck me enough. I was like, man, I, I should do that. I, there's no reason I shouldn't be involved more in doing something as simple as like volunteering my time. And, and even that sometimes, unfortunately, we, you know, we get so busy in our own worlds and our lives, right? Working every day, trying to help our clients, trying to help ourselves to, sure. you know, care, yeah. so we can keep that roof over our head too, right. right? And you get so consumed with your own personal trying to live the grind day to day to survive yourself that you do, for, you know, you kind of Pass those people, you do exactly that. You step over them, in a yes, way, you know what I mean. Right, right. And that's kind of sad too. Oh, totally, you know? man. Totally. It's it's not an easy problem to solve. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time when people are like, you know, busting Bezos or Elon Musk. You know, you have more money than most countries. You could wipe out poverty. No, you it's, can't. It's, it's like quite that easy. Exactly. Like it, it, your brain just simplifies a problem too much. Yeah. What are you going to do? Just shower $40 billion over LA? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, It isn't like you could solve this. If it was a matter of simply capital, I feel like we would have, uh, we'd be a little closer to a solution. It's not just capital, man. Yeah, it's definitely a much more It's a more systemic complex. problem, which means it's not just a singular solution. Correct. Um, so, I, there was, uh, sorry, before I forget this, because I forgot a bunch of times. When I was... Um, in my band in Nashville, General Ghost, we sought out a grant um, to help us fund our like sophomore EP or whatever. And we got it. We got this art art grant from this company out based out in Atlanta. And um, part of the process was them talking, interviewing John and I and asking us what causes were near and dear to our hearts that if we were to become you know, a famous band someday, what would we want to spend our time giving back in? What's the most important thing to us? I remember in that moment realizing, one, I don't know, and mm-hmm. two, I have literally never thought about anything outside the the betterment and advancement of myself until this guy asked me that question. Yeah. I was like, I, I think I said something to answer, um, right. hunger, world <laughs> hunger, but... <laughs> I've heard that one before. Yeah. And it's taken me a long time, but if that guy were to ask me again, I would say homelessness, I think. For whatever reason, that one hits me. And um, I I would, if I were to start anywhere, volunteering my time and bringing Daisy and Sam with me to like have fun, not not do this like savior thing, but like, Mm -hmm. hey, let's go chill out the soup kitchen on Saturday. Um, I got to do that, I think. Another trick is to give your time not in the name of being a more visible and prominent member of society. Correct. So that Without people give some... you more loans and they yeah. get to, you know, like, <laughs> right? then it's just like, no, no, you could go there to, be the, no you could be in the, you know, the KBA or whatever <laughs> and get that done. <laughs> I, uh, uh, no, I've actually, um, donated though, you know, I, from what I understand, things like cans of tuna yeah. seem to be a good thing to donate to the food bank because, oh, okay. um, I don't know. It's just a big 
you can easily store it. Doesn't have to be refrigerated. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a good one. So I bought like a case of it and yeah. deliver it, you know, near Thanksgiving time and that's cool. Christmas just because I you know, that's yeah. a contribution. It's the least you can do. If yeah. you can't volunteer, right. It right. only takes a little bit of time to get the You did that around Thanksgiving? Yeah, somewhere yeah. around there, yeah. I um I actually just ate a can of tuna for Thanksgiving in solidarity. So that's cool that you gave tuna, but I actually I just for I forwent <laughs> Did you go all to all of the turkey? And I went. Did you go to the food bank? Together? I did. I did. I went. <laughs> I sat beside them, and we just shared a can of tuna. But that's cool. You do what you can do, you know. And it's not. I'm not judging your efforts or anything. Okay. <laughs> It's always trying. Hey, it was a little. It, it was my own little way of giving. Oh, dude, a hundred percent. I'm busting your balls. It's. It's. I've. I literally did nothing. Right. I did you nothing. You ate a instead. I did nothing. Yeah. Well, next year, maybe you'll donate. Uh, yes. I don't even have to wait till next year. I'm going to leave you now. You can do it anytime. Do it right? Right the people hungry yeah. all year round, right? That's right. It's not just yeah. on Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try to hang on to that pain, though, of seeing that guy, because I feel yeah. like uh, I need to so that I can, you know, go do something about it. But what is a book I read that I really... Um, Change or Die. Mm. Did I, I've told you about that book before, Change or Die. I don't know. It's a really awesome book. I, I've literally read it more than once and listen to it on audiobook a couple of times and it's one you got to go back and revisit occasionally to remind yourself because the whole problem with it is the, the name of the book change or die mm. is this whole thing about how we uh no matter what happens to us in our life um we'll change temporarily if say we have a heart attack after a heart attack you you know the doctor says well you need to change your eating habits you need exercise and yeah, right after that near death experience, you, you, the pain's still right there, fresh in your mind. Mm. And you go and you you'll do all those things, and sure. you'll you'll change, but then you fall back into your old habits. You, your mind yeah. will not allow you to re- remember that pain, and you'll fall back into your old habits very quickly. Yeah. And the only way to get out of this, truly get out of change, or to really truly change, is through community more than anything else. Mm. Um, so it talks a lot about that, and it, it, like it, accountability. Kind of, sort of, like being part of something bigger than yourself, being part of a community in some way, or um, it's a very interesting book about how these different, like it talks about heart attacks, but it also talks about uh, com- um, it, like commercial, uh, industrial, like auto- the auto industry was one of them, like how they, Ford and some of the big companies really didn't change, but mm. Japan came in and had a whole different model and they were and they've exceeded and excelled yeah. based on their model but they wouldn't change within the culture of the auto industry and a lot of that had some ram, you know long-term ramifications down the road right right of what, how we look at american made vehicles versus foreign vehicles that are imported yes. right yeah totally um and so they talk about that kind of change and they talk about pe- prisoners people that were in prison and how they you know come out and go back in come out go back in but yet there's this one lady that built a community and it was all f- former prisoners and they mm. br- literally run businesses and it's a very thriving, oh, wow. st- you know, strong community that they have now. Of it's all like these- Sesame Street for thugs. Yeah, sort of, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it all talks about the community. But the, the book was Change Your Diet. So, and the message, if you read it, is really uh, profound and interesting to think about how our human brain really works, right? So we're talking about right now, where you go in and seeing these homeless people, and it's sticking with you right now. Yeah, can it be sustainable? Is the question. Right, right, right. Will six months from now, if we talk about the homeless people, will that still be as yes. powerful 
in your in your brain. And, and as I it was. think that's what draws me to that specific kind of service because I am so consistently, for as long as I can remember, grateful for a roof over my head at all stages, even when I was sleeping on a floor and paying somebody rent. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I I think that's what I should hang on to is like that yeah. I'm so consistently grateful when <clears throat> there's not a time that I get in bed if it's raining or windy outside that I'm not thinking about somebody outside. Mm. So I don't know oh, why wow. that's in my head. Like, so that's, yeah, so it is a It's very always strong... there, yeah. Yeah. I don't know cool. why. I mean, I grew up in, you know, I don't know it's <laughs> yeah, like, I know. like a rich kid. <laughs> like a um, rich kid. <laughs> so I don't know why that would, you'd think uh, given my childhood that that would be the last thing on my mind. Right. I guess I'm just a good person. I, I don't know. <laughs> it could be. It really could be, actually, you know. Where Do We Start is a podcast produced by Todd Cook, Kyle Richter, and Ronald Labeef. You can reach us at supremedanielson.com and reach out to any of us if you have questions about getting qualified for a mortgage or refinance. Thanks for listening.